Welcome to Read the Room, a conversation of a show about relationships and how to do them better. See, relationships, wherever they're found in health, are the best part, the sweet spot, the through line of joy in life we have to hold to. How we care about each other in the tangible here and now, how we choose to see a room and the people in it matters. And we're gonna talk about it. Because if you ask me, we have some unhealthy relational rhythms we could shake if we only had the resources. So welcome to your resource of a show, shall we? I know, we really are. Really matching. (laughs) I've told you to stop copying my outfits. Well. And I literally show up here and my doppelganger has met me with better hair. But uh, how are we doing, Court? We are really twinning. We really are. Uncomfortably Uncomfortably so. We're twinning with the room. We're blending in. By the end of this, no one may be able to see either of us. (laughs) I would be lying if I didn't say I dress to compliment the space. No, you do. When and we record, however, it's never found me in a position quite like this yes, one. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, we'll be doing our twin act over in the Catskills at the end of this month. We haven't picked out our songs yet, but we will be in matching outfits. There's going to be props and a whole dance number. Courtney, you said you could do the splits, right? Oh, yep. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure I could count on that. <laughs> I really do like your sneakers, though. Thank you. I was trying to, you know, the Velcro touch is giving it a little bit, like little kid. Little, little sombras I don't like. My eye doesn't really catch. Most what? Aren't they called sombras? Oh, I have no idea. I legitimately have not heard that word before. You're educating me. The type me. of Adidas shoe that that is. But this is a thicker edition. This is, I want everybody. bulkier, thicker, and I like it. Yeah, okay. Everybody peep this. Okay. That's functionality. That's versatility. Did you get that? That's flexibility. Either they can't teach that. You either have it or you don't. I don't. Yeah, I definitely don't. You know, my dad has a <laughs> sorry dad, but from the time I can remember, it was like a joke about the men in my family not being able to sit on the floor. My dad to this day can barely sit cross-legged. I'm not trying to call him out. It's everybody in our family. How are you doing, Cord? I'm doing good. I'm trying to move this here, Cord. Welcome back to Read the Room. I'm really excited about this little catch-up just because I loved the conversation. We got to have Nikki on, Miss Nikki Leonti, and now she's adjusting to uh, actually taking her husband's last name after 10 years, which I really appreciated. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> her candor also and being relatable. like, yeah, being like, no, I'll let you know when I'm actually willing to go buy it. And uh, now at a decade, she's finally circling that corner. But what do you think about the interview? Was there anything just on first pass that you were like, oh, that's interesting? Or First pass, I related to her a lot, I mm. feel like. I feel like of all the guests you've had on, that mine and her stories are probably pretty similar. Yeah. Not that I got pregnant when I was a teenager, nor up in the coming Christian singer. Yeah, just for context that I'm sorry, Nikki, you know, we got to catch people up here, but we did spend a bit of time giving some background. Nikki was one of the biggest Christian singers and to be honest, has some songs that everybody still knows within the community, but did get pregnant as a teenager. And the way that the church handled that on large front was in a bit of ostracizing and wasn't the the coolest kind of handling. So yeah, I hear you. Y'all didn't have the exact same story, but you related to... I related to the mental battle that she probably was dealing with and being surrounded by those people. I also was surrounded by those people Mm. and just kind of trying to figure out 
about how do I live my life? What is my own life? What's actually right? What's wrong versus what these people are saying are right and wrong or not actually saying to your face, but you can feel it. You know, yeah. that that kind of thing I think I really related to. And I just really appreciate, number one, how funny she is. <laughs> She's a trip. I was trip. laughing out loud the whole interview. She kills me. Well, and the two of y'all together, it's like, <laughs> for sure I would need doses. Oh, I know it's a lot. Thank you for saying that. I know that the listeners are probably like, thank you, Courtney. Um, I get it. I know. I know I'm a lot. I know she's a lot. And together, we are a lot. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the band. Oh, oh, the, oh, yes. Okay, so I don't even want to give our names away. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to talk about it. Nikki and I going to work on something and y'all ain't even ready. You don't even know. And yes, it is a band and no, it's not like anyone you've ever heard. Is that fair? Fair. Okay. And believable. <laughs> Go ahead. No, that's it. That's I. That's it. All right. So then you related to the, I mean, to kind of go back to, you know, upbringing, it's like so much of what you believe about yourself and how you exist as a man or a woman from where we are from is especially contextualized by church and not only being plugged into church, but like the universally accepted, understood opinions, theological standpoints, positioning processes of how you get from singledom to marriage to the career you want and all of those things, there's so much understood and not necessarily spoken out right that you kind of come up with, I feel like, in the environment. And all three of us have experienced that and more people I know listening. One thing that, you know, was especially just cool about the conversation, because I don't open up to be clear, and we haven't talked about this, but I don't open up a ton about where I sit faith-wise on this show because I do love Jesus, but also I am not, I would say, a part of the large framework of how church has positioned itself relationally with the world. Would that be fair to say? Mm -hmm. That I really care about people, but I really do care about my belief system. And to be honest, a good chunk of the people who I do life with do not believe the same thing. And I also think that I want to create just a welcome place for every single person, regardless of what you believe or what you're understanding about your belief system or any of that. So I was surprised that we got into, especially for she and I, knowing both of our stories, that we got so much into, okay, when you feel really judged in an area or really misunderstood or like you're kind of kicked out of the back door without an explanation because something looks away or whatever, what does that develop in you? And I know in my own life, it's given me a great well of context that I can give other people because I know my own. So I am not as quick to judge a person's situation, even though I have, I'm very quick to have a thought or like a conviction of right or wrong. But judging a person within an action taken or where they are in life or if they're in a place that I don't agree with, I have space for that because I have felt largely judged and ostracized in some ways. Was there anything in that conversation that you were like, ooh, I absolutely get that? Because I think that anytime we receive judgment or feel kind of put down because of a place we're at or something we're working through and we allow that to inform how we love people, it gives us a lot more bandwidth to do so. The actual question is, do you feel like the moments in your life where someone has passed a judgment or made you feel smaller than or told you you're not allowed to come to this table have developed in you more bandwidth to love other people who might be in a place you disagree with or walking through something you might not understand? 100%. I think it's why coming from a family with a big ministry background— I'm in LA. I 
love the Lord so much, love Jesus so much. I see ministry for myself as so different than Mm -hmm. them. It's the same thing with Nikki. It's like, if you want to know what someone's full of, like tip them over and see what comes out. And she can't help but speak about the Lord and how amazing he is and all of that. But her ministry Mm. is so specific to her in the way that we're all called to talk about it and do it. And so for me, that was actually something I really admired about her is how much God was still part of her story when it was actually a huge part of the hurt. Of the pain too. Whereas like when I tell my story, I don't really pull God into it as much, even though internally I give him so much credit for just even being alive, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I thought that that was a really interesting perspective that I had a lot of respect for. It's the thing that I love about watching her life that I feel like I want people to be able to take into their own is that whenever you feel like you're at a low point and she's had her own, I've had my own, you've had your own, everybody does. But when you're at that point and you feel most easily discarded or most quickly put down, if you yourself decide how you actually want to be, I mean, for her, it's like her relationship with the Lord is actually what has kept her through all of these years and through all of those kinds of difficult situations with people. But it's like, if you're able to walk through that and still hold to the purity of, oh no, okay, I'm not saying everybody is like this one person who is really hateful. And I'm not saying God is like this church I experienced. Being able to hold tension for both because you know there's nuance in your own life that someone didn't give you space for when they could have. Yeah, I think because my dad grew up partying at such a young age with also being in the ministry at Mm. even a higher level than I was— he raised me really well to recognize that people are not God and church and ministry is made up of people and people kind of suck. And so I think I just always had that foundational thought process of I really can separate the judgment that I'm feeling from this person isn't from God. Mm. I'm sure when I was younger, I probably dealt with it a little bit more. But by the time I was a teenager, I was pretty good at rebelling and not feeling bad for it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I was actually pretty good at laying conviction by the doorstep. Yeah, so, uh... <laughs> um, you know, but the shame from people, there was a season in my life where I was kind of just really, really, again, from the church, not from, right. not from like friends and family, but from the church specifically, I was getting unasked to do some things that I had been asked to do. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think the church does a good job. It's gotten better now, but everyone makes so many mistakes in their lives Mm -hmm. that to then have someone leave for one mistake, that is something that really, really bothered me. But you know, it's funny because, you know, I I lived here for a couple of years and I moved back to Texas and then now I'm back here. And it really is a different thing. I used to feel the weight of how people would perceive me living in LA, having been from Texas and where I came from and involved where I was. And now it genuinely is just a non-factor. And it's like, not in a way of, I don't care what people think. But when you realize like, oh no, actually it's just a lot bigger than this. And God's actually over here too. And he's willing to meet me and my sorting and he's not afraid of me. Isn't this even more of a reason you'd want me to live out here? That was always my thing. I'm like, (laughs) hey, if y'all think this is so scary, shouldn't we be sending missionaries out here? And instead I'm the one who y'all are trying to hold back and say, no, stay in the house, stay in the house. (laughs) What for you in your relationship with Nikki, I feel like, you described coming into each other's life at such a good time. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like your overall takeaway just from being friends with her has Mm -hmm. been? Like, what is the thing that you go to her for versus like something you would go to Ryan for? 
Oh, that's a good question. I'll say that, you know, and we, and we kind of touched on it that, you know, Nikki and I have both over the last several years, especially worked to make sure we were as healthy as we could be and that we were understanding kind of stop points in our life and, and why we were just struggling to move forward in different places. And those are completely different areas. And that's why I'm not trying to like be ambiguous as much as I'm to say that I think she and I have both had to work through very specific to us things with the church. I can call Nikki and fully be wherever I am at, and she is willing to meet me there. And there isn't a need for her to change me. And I think sometimes because of my background, I'm so used to even trying to pastor myself out of a thought process or out of a decision because I know what someone else who I would normally have gone to would have told me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Or like the person I'd quote unquote need to go to to tell me. And I'd say that Nikki is really great at allowing a neutral space and hearing the heart as opposed to just hearing what's being said. So, you know, there are times when I'll come to her like frustrated about this thing and it might just sound like nothing on paper, but she's someone who'll be like, oh, yeah, because when someone says that to you, you're hearing this because you're actually thinking back to the past five years of this thing. So what are we going to do with that thought now? I feel like she's just a really great sounding board in that if I call her and I need to like get wound up about something or like having a conversation, yeah, she can do that too. We can do that for each other. But to be real, she's so sensitive to like when I'm in a struggling point of massaging a thought or like I'm really dealing with this insecurity here, she's so good about like, hey, come on in, just have a seat. What do you want? Oh yeah, I'll get that thing for you. Now tell me what's going on. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Well, I understand why you'd think that because it's this, this, and this. And before you know it, you've had like a relational sandwich, a cup of tea, and you're kind of sent on your way with an umbrella you didn't have before. I think that's such a good takeaway for people listening that you don't always, when your friend calls or your spouse calls or your partner or like whoever's calling, friend, coworker, you don't always have to like tell them your thought. Yeah, or give a solution. Give a solution. Yeah. Or what you should have done or any, you can just listen. Yeah. So much good comes from just letting someone verbally process to you and just letting them get out whatever it was that they needed to get out. Mm -hmm. You don't always have to provide solution and put your two cents into it. It's really hard for me not to do. Same. And I sometimes, and I have gotten better actually at saying, okay, how do you want me to respond? Yeah. Yeah. How would you like for me to be in this space with you? Yeah. Because I can totally just sit here and I think you should keep talking it out actually even a little more. Yeah. But if you want, like, do you want me to tell you how I feel? Yeah. And I think a lot of my friends are friends with me because I tell them how I feel. Mm -hmm. But I have had some people that are recently have said to me, yeah, I think I just need to get this one off my chest real quick. Right. Or I think I just need to process this. I'm not really looking for anything. I'm just not crazy, right? Yeah, you're not crazy. All yeah. Right. And then they just feel, you know, a hundred times better and everyone can just move on. But sometimes I think we feel the need and you're right. It's like we're even pastoring ourselves to get to from, you got to get out of the spot that you're in. Yes. And it's our own fixitness that feels like we have to show up and bring order where there seems to not be. And sometimes like the actual, he not healing thing, but the most helpful thing is to allow that tension. And when someone is communicating something, a lot of times like I'll, like to the Nikki point, 
be on the phone with her or someone else, and I'm talking through a thing that someone else is letting me process, and I am learning how I'm going to deal with the situation and just processing it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the other person is willing to be a neutral like backboard, so to speak, for me to kind of bounce things off of without throwing in their bias and without throwing in all of their hurt or whatever else they're working through, it allows me to get to the finish line of wherever I'm trying to mentally quicker. Because it's like, oh, no, this is actually something that I'm working out myself. You can help people. Of course, we're meant to help people. But also, there is a thing of allowing space. And as we get into our adult years especially, we have to take ownership of the decisions we're making and of how we're getting into the places we are. So we do need to work through those things more on our own than with other people. And don't become a head case. Like, don't just stay in your own head. But... There is a there's a tension, and I think whenever you have felt like that space hasn't been allowed to you, you become incredibly in tune how to give that space for other people. And so that was the main thing that I was like really grateful. And I know that this is going to sound cheesy. I was like, I'm very grateful that I have felt as judged as I have felt in my own personal life, because it has given me like a legitimate it has taken the power of that away. And then it's also given me such a deeper breadth for other people. I would say in my life, I am finally comfortable in my own skin and I'm very grateful that the Lord and I are doing relationship the way we are. I also have no desire to fulfill anybody else's model they've set out for me. So I think that people are gonna have a lot of opinions about that and that's okay. I have a lot of opinions too. So it's like, allowing the nuance and then even going back to Nikki and what she models is like, man, alive. When you have felt like you're doing everything you can to get out of the water and someone has the nerve to throw a cup in your face, you know, it kind of can make what would defeat you lose all of its power because it's like, okay, well then I guess I'm just here in the water now. And then you're actually able to change that relationship from like, you're waiting for the rejection or waiting for other people's response. Instead, now you're going like, oh no, I can give this thing. I'm not waiting for anybody else to be a safe place. I'm a safe place. Mm -hmm. I can provide that to other people. I'm not waiting for anybody else to notice how dark this thing is that I'm walking through. I can now provide a place for other people to come and be safe and work through that. And I think that to whatever degree, if you're listening to this and like Courtney said, you're like, I have no idea what they're talking about, then cool. I There are so many times I hang out with people and I'm like, you know what? I miss that day. <laughs> like, that is relationship too. So we're going to allow for that and we're going to allow for some tension here and some question marks and some intrigue. A little intrigue never hurt. Yeah. <laughs> they're also like, all right, let's get the show on the road. Well, look, Court, I think that this was a, a interesting little catch up. I do think I'm going to be fascinated to see how people respond. But I'm really grateful that we even have these like little times to touch base and catch up on funny little things <laughs> and to do life together the way we do. For sure. And I'm I'm honored to get to be in this position. This was an episode that I think it's harder for me to recap because Nikki is so much more mature in the topics that you discuss that it's hard for me to give my point of view or add to. I don't have a lot to add to. Mm. So I think that that's why I'm kind of just on this one. It's like, I just needed to take this one in. 
Also, internally, we are trying to cut these recaps down a little bit. It's true. We, it's true. We, we understand. Know, we know they've been a little long. So we understand. We're working on it. Yeah, and that's the whole point of a show you don't pay for, right? Is that you give <laughs> them time. A lot of trial and error. <laughs> you give them time. And speaking to the point that, you know, you don't pay to listen to this. This, at this point, is completely free. I just would would ask, and I know that we talk about, you know, you adding reviews, but legitimately rating this show and adding reviews is so, so helpful. It really is so helpful. It's an algorithm thing. Liking any of these posts that you see me, you know, doing on Instagram and social media can be annoying. But it is the reality in which we're living. And we would like to be able to connect to more people and hopefully extend this conversation to as many who want to come and be a part of it as possible. So, bye. And this has been Read the Room.